This is the What's Next Podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Oh, man. I got a special shout out coming out, man, in a second when we get the episode started. Episode 87, y'all. 87, that's big time work, big dog. Walk with us. Yeah. 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 Just bring back to the days I was rapping. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. We are back. Welcome to the 87th edition. I thought I would I would say it that that way this go round the 87th edition of the What's Next podcast a production of Still Visionary Inc. This is a creative story. Um, listen, like I said, I, I want to you know I want to take a second and acknowledge my man uh, Kendall Babin, yeah, who is always always introducing me to dope people, right? And so. Um, I want to take a second and say, man, KB, appreciate you, man, because it's through you that I've met some some real genuine dope people, and I want to take a second to acknowledge that. Yeah, man, he he, he definitely deserved it, man. Like, yeah, KB on a different level for that, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, like I said, this is episode number eighty-seven of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary Inc. This is a creative story. Before we get started with the episode, let's introduce our social media handles so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Yeah, man. Uh, y'all can follow me, Kenny Clarity, K E N N Y Clarity with a K K L A R I T Y. So Kenny Clarity at Kenny Clarity, and also Matt Black Podcast at Matt M A T T E Black Podcast. So that's where you can find me. And my name is John Ross Dyke the first, and you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore Visionary. If you would connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook. And visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Directly in front of you, I have all the T-shirts that I sell on the website and out the trunk of my car. And you can shop at stillvisionary.com slash merch. Honest hustle. Okay, okay, okay. I just want to make sure that's next door. That, I want to make sure that wasn't us, so it'll nah, cut out. Good. Okay, <laughs> good. okay. Um, so, man, how you doing, man? What's going on? First and foremost, man, uh, navigating through a pandemic. You know how right. that can be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, man, God has been good through it all, bro. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been good, man. I've been I've been good. The fam's strong. Um, you know, the podcast, we're working. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've, been, I've been well, bro. How you been? Uh, you know, um, I really wish the outcome of yesterday was different. I really I really wish the outcome of yesterday was different. I really wish that. Um, oh, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I really wish that. Time out, time out. So, let me, let me just say this, bro. So. So, so you didn't know I was going so there. Me, yeah, I, for, he threw me for a loop, right? So, so the problem is this: like, you you was on Instagram making major noise. Yo, after these dudes talk about son, after Miami son, game five son, I said y'all game six. I knew y'all talking Lakers. I got Miami, bro. You was doing a lot. 
Oh. You was doing a lot. Listen, so, man. No, look. look. <laughs> I sat back. I watched. I didn't even comment. I sat back. I watched. I said, yo. I said, JR doing a lot, but it's cool. Like, I'm going to let him rock. Yeah. Jimmy had I a appreciate game. that. I said, I said, man, this ain't going seven. Yeah. LeBron's not allowing this to go seven. Yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> I think that um, I just wish that the outcome was different, that uh, when this episode is airing, that the game seven will be going on. But um, it's like Jimmy said in the post-conference uh, before the final started that you have to, if you're going to win a championship, it's got to go through him. Right. And so um, I just wish the outcome was different. But, yeah, you do have to beat LeBron. But the, the bright side of things that I saw from it was that I think that, and I would wish that for me in my career, that people would just genuinely want me to win. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I saw a lot of that sentiment across the country on Instagram. I'm not going to say that everybody was Lakers fans. A lot of it had to do with Kobe. A lot of it was that Braun won. But I took it that a lot of people just genuinely wanted to see Braun win. And if he was winning for Kobe or the Lakers were winning for Kobe, that's a different story. But looking at Braun, people wanted to see him win. And, and I would want that same type of love. So I, I really, you know, and then Steven Jackson said, he said, listen, if you've never been the best at anything, um, if you've never, you know, been a superstar, if you've never been a champion, then don't talk. Today ain't for hate. And I was like, you know what? If, if I'm hating right now, I'm just going to be quiet. So I, I just left social media alone for the day because I know a lot of people <laughs> want to get at me. I know a lot of people wanted to get at me for, for the heat I was spewing the other day. No pun intended. Oh, man. This guy crazy, bro. So- <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so so here's the thing, man. I think you I think you touched on something, right? And not to get deep in every subject, right? Yeah. But I think it's interesting how we live in a society. Well, one, it was good to see that everybody seemed to kind of be on the same page other than a, a few people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> about wanting to see LeBron and the Lakers take care of business. But my sentiment... In, in, in like uh, like just observing the culture was why does it seem to be that in order for people to be unified right a catastrophic event must exist right right, right. so like it takes the death of a Kobe Bryant yeah or the passing away of a Nipsey hustle right to see an entire group of people want to see and appreciate greatness on another level right but you know we've seen a narrative I mean, we're talking about sports now, but just in life where, you know, you, you, you can relate this kind of anywhere. We, we've struggled with seeing LeBron in a light in which we've appreciated his greatness. It, it, it took a lot for us to acknowledge that he, you know, uh, he's one of the greatest basketball players to ever test, test the floor. Right. Um, Floyd Mayweather as a boxer. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and then Tiger. Can, Tiger. You right. can, but you can even talk about his whole life. Like, uh, um, I remember Fat Joe said in the interview, he was like, you know, one of the reasons why the South is thriving in rap is because there's this idea of unification that New York City rappers or East Coast rappers have yet to develop. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like a common theme. It takes such a dramatic event in order to get people to love and appreciate things that have, that have already been there before. Right. And for me, like, I, I wonder why that is. Like, what, why do you think it takes um, the catastrophic for, for, for the human being to react in a way that says, man, I've had this treasure right in front of me the entire time. I think a lot of it is the culture. And when I say the culture, I think the black culture. A lot of it is the black culture. In fact, 
where that, um, you know, we scream. Like, you know, um, a couple of, like, first, you referenced uh, Fat Joe. Gilly the Kid said one time, and I was listening to Joe's podcast, he said that, you know, it wasn't a white man that had the gun to my face ready to kill me and have my mom singing It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. And the way Maul had interpreted that was that it's blacks killing blacks, right? And I think that a lot of times we haven't had happiness within ourselves as a culture. I'm talking about me, myself, and then me and the happiness that I exude with my family and then the happiness that my family exudes on the whole family. We haven't had happiness for ourselves, so it's hard to celebrate and appreciate somebody else when we can't love ourselves initially. And so um, looking at that, I think that, you know, when somebody's so real like Kobe, when somebody's so real like Nipsey passes, then I think that for that instant, everybody forgets about, oh, me. And they think about, you know what? Man, I feel for somebody like Vanessa. Mm. I feel for somebody like Lauren London. Okay. You know what I'm saying? To the point where I, I like, you know, you know, God bless the dead. People have said to me, man, you know what? I don't know how you handle, handle the death of your child yeah. moving forward. So... You know, when, when, when somebody real experiences that type of loss, then people for a second get out of themselves and say, yo, I really feel you. And, and, and that's, that's why I think that it's, it's that way. I think that, one, we don't love ourselves enough. Mm. And then I think that when the time comes, where, like when Kobe passed or when Nip passed, yeah. I think that you just have that love for that individual. Or the way I wanted to word it was I think that it just comes out of you. You for the, in that instance, you forget about everything else, and you're like, "Man, dang, we just really lost a real one." Man, dang, I just really feel for their loved ones. Yeah, yeah, I rock with that. I think um, it's funny. I've been I've been like kind of like working through this through this particular concept in my own life, and even like what to do. So there's this there's this concept that I have called good sound, mm. right? um, and the concept is I want to sit down and have conversations, much like me and you are having conversations now where we kind of just reflect on just what is happening in life. Right. right? You talked about the passing of your son. I lost my father in 2011. Right. Um, he died in my arms. And, and so experiencing a loss on, on that type of level can be traumatic. Mm-hmm. One of the things, though, that I, and I haven't asked you this, so we're kind of, you know, we're, we're literally having this conversation. Right. But one of the things I know is for certain is that, you know, even though you lost your son, I'm pretty sure that there was never a moment you necessarily took for granted, even though it was sudden, quick. You, you may yeah. not have had much, but yeah. you, you understood the gravity of having yeah. a child bring life into the world. Yeah, I did. My issue is, and I think this is this is part of the human condition to a certain degree. My issue is, um, and let me actually let me well, let me unpack it this way. Good sound, right? Um, I once heard this this idea that when you watch a movie, say you turn on the film. Um, the one thing that's never appreciated about a good film is good sound. Right. Why? Right. Because it's readily available. Mm-hmm. It's a given. And the person who's watching it absolutely expects it to be that way. Right. But you know what's often recognized when watching a film? Bad sound. Right. That's why you can tell the difference between something like a Star Wars versus a, a low-budget African-American film. Right. Because in the moment you go, man, this, the first thing you notice is maybe the, the picture quality. But, if, but, but secondly, the thing that comes after that is, this doesn't sound good. Right. 
And so you pick that out, and it may be hard to watch once you realize, oh, this thing is glaring at me as I'm watching something. Right. But people never pick out what's readily available, which is good sound, right? People expect that to, expect that to exist. And so the concept is good sound are the things that you readily expect in, you readily expect in your life that are readily available that you often take for granted. Mm. It's good sound. Right, mm-hmm. like like for for a lot of us, like if you if you had a if you had a set of homies who who've been rolling with you since you were you were a teen, you expect them to be in your corner. Right, right. To not have them is then to have this new epiphany that you maybe should have appreciated them the entire time they had been around. Right, and oftentimes I feel like the human condition allows us to take very special things that we have in our lives for granted because we expect them to always be there. Right. Um, Similar just the way that we treat we treat everyday life. And so I say that to say bringing their conversation around full circle. Right, I think, okay. I think. That's why. The, yes, I think that's why. If, if, I, if, I could, if I could pick it down, I think, it's, I think it's, we look at LeBron, we look at Jordan, we look at Floyd, we look at Tiger, we look at all of these athletes or, or even entertainers, and we say to, we almost expect LeBron to be around. Right. It won't be a thing until... LeBron retires. Right. We look at a league and say, dog, we got 20 years of the greatest, possibly, if, if not the greatest, one of the greatest players to ever live. Right. And we spent 18 or 19 of those years hating on him. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, um, I wouldn't, this is exactly why when we first met at KB's house, and we were talking about what we were talking about with KB. I said, to, you know, I, I just love the way that in a conversation you might be thinking one way, but then when you speak, it, it almost opens your mind up to the other perspective of that because I never, I never looked at it from that standpoint. I just looked at it from the standpoint of, you know what, why do people want him to succeed so much, mm. right? And, and a lot of it is the fact that I want to say 90% of it is the fact that he's just – great at what he does and you know again I, I gotta follow the lead of what Steven Jackson said this morning uh, he's just great at what he does and then I would say that 10 percent is that you know when you look at like a player like Kobe he had a scandal he had a scandal um uh they were talking about Magic Johnson had a scandal right Kobe uh, Kobe, Kobe Magic even Jordan you yeah yeah you watched the doc yeah the gambling yeah his father's death, they were blaming that on him. Yeah. It was always a scandal. Pardon me. Go ahead. Go ahead. My it was bad. Always a, no, you could. It was always a scandal. Yeah. To a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but no, I know. Where were you going with that? And, and, so, and so, um, yeah, the, the whole aspect of when, when we first talked and we were talking to KB's crib, I was like, man, this dude's perspective is so dope. I want to sit down and converse with him. And then when you told me, oh, I, I do a podcast as well, I was like, okay, cool. And then I listened to the podcast, and I'm actually listening to the episode um, uh, about, um, about uh, Breonna Taylor. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the most recent one, right? And, and so I listened to the first one, listened to the end one. And so in between, I've been trying to just catch up because when you play catch up with podcasts, sometimes it just gets overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? Um, so um, – if you could define yourself with one word, what would you what would you say that word would be? Mm. I would probably say resilient. 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 Okay. Um, for me, uh, 
especially when I started in the, in the, in the space of feeling like uh, I may have been called to, to speak or to be a voice or right. voice in culture. Right. Um, I was doing a whole nother podcast um, mm-hmm. that was pretty successful with a group of dudes. Right. Um, and it, it went well. Um, some things happened in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in a space where the podcast wasn't, uh, it, I just knew it wasn't going to continue. Right. At the end of the day. Um, a lot of us did. And so um, as life began to change, I relocated to Houston. Um, originally, I was thinking to myself, I know I'm still, I'm still called to this space, right? Um, I'm still called to have uh, conversations. I, I, I would even say that um, one person, and I, I can't coin the phrase, my man Mike, we was talking, he said, bro, he said, I don't know if you realize this or not, but when, when you sit into, when you sit in a room, you're a curator of conversation. I, I thought was, the same. I thought that was dope. Uh, I thought the so same. So I kind of just ran with that tag. You right. Know what I mean? um, but being a curator of conversation, curator of content, and wanting to speak on behalf of culture um, from from a redeemed lens, you know what I'm saying, like, um, I, I I felt like it was necessary for me to continue the podcast space, but I didn't necessarily have the means or the or even the know how um, because when I originally was doing it, I had a team. Yeah. So, um, but there was something within me that couldn't let that go. Facts. You know what I mean? Facts. There was, there's an itch where you're like, yo, if I'm called to do this, right? I can't I can't exist in a space where I'm not operating in the very thing that I feel like. Right. It's literally the driving force in my life. Right. You know what I mean? And so um, I say resilient because I didn't let that that thing uh, that was that was sitting. And I, and I believe that God was really pressing on me hard. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, I, didn't let, I didn't let that go for granted and say, ah, I'm just going to put that down. I, I, I found ways to build connections, to build relationships, and even build the knowledge to say, how can I get this started? Right. And so... Um, and starting the Mad Black podcast, uh, that was something that I almost, as much as I knew God had called me to it, it's something that I literally had to prove to myself was possible. Right. You know what I mean? Um, because I was in a space where I felt like, I don't know if I can do this by myself. Right. If I need to. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I believe and I have faith that God may supply a team you know what I mean? That, that I may have resources, but if I don't, can I do this by myself? Because at the end of the day, the mission, the road um, is mine and it's mine to walk. It's right. no one else's. Right. So even if no one follows on the journey with me, if the journey is mine, then it's up to me to put my one foot in front of another. Right. Without anybody's help. Right. Um, and, you know, so so when we were able to, when I was able to put together the Matt Black podcast and it beat something that, is now perpetually going on and things of that nature. It, it was, it was like a, sat- a satisfaction and a gratification for me to feel like, yo, I actually was able to to not put this down and to push past any of my my own, whether that be self doubt or just uh, lack of know how, in order to get something that I know was a passion of mine accomplished. Right. So yeah. Right. I'm sorry, I had to get rid of that sound, man. Just when you were talking about good sound. Mm-hmm. It kind of, and I could hear that buzz, and I was like, man, you know, I know people are going to trip out on that, so I had to cut that sound out. Right. I understand. Um, so, um, you know, I was talking to Echo, man, and he echoed the same sentiment of being able to stand on your own when it comes to what you believe in that your purpose is, right? And so I'll go with this. What do you think that people should take from our conversation today? Um, 
man, it's hard to narrow down in one space. But I think, I think the main thing that people can take is um, there is a different um, way that I believe individuals should look at their circumstances. Mm. And so what I want people to walk away with is um, even the things that present themselves as problems um, can actually be the greatest blessings in your life, right? I think that I think I think back through all the hardest things that I've ever had to walk through in life, and I think that in every one of them, while traumatic, um, were also traumas that brought me to a new sense of growth. And so I want people to listen to this podcast as we as we converse and and really and really think about. Um, the way that they view culture, the way that they view the world, the way that they view their personal circumstances and think to themselves like, am I viewing problems in light of problems or am I viewing problems in light of possible growth solutions? I want people to see it that way. You know, and you said something that was so pivotal when you were talking about your experience with your prior podcast. And I said to myself, you know, I had the same um, situation happened to me and I, and, and you spoke on a team, but you know, we were speaking early and I was saying to myself that I've always been a type that I, I, I would love to have a team. Yeah. And I realized that in working in a team before you start off on the same accord. Right. And although I already knew that, you know, with my business partner, I had to realize, and the reason why at first I was kind of like, man, you know what, man, I, I was kind of like a flame. I was set a flame. Mm. But then I had to realize that the whole time my man was telling me, listen, this is who I am, right? And when I stray too far away from what I feel like I've put my life into, that is this one particular lane, when I try to divvy in this, I'm losing focus. So when I finally understood that, I realized that I really can't be mad. There's no need to be mad at anything. It's simply this. You have to figure if this is what you truly love and pursue it and keep going because you have the foundation. At the time, I, I think I had acquired, like like I was telling you, my man had given, given me all this equipment and I acquired it all and I said to myself, like you said, I see myself here. I'm called to do this. I got to keep going. Yeah. Right? And so for me, it was, it's really one of those things where when you play, and so our team was a little bit smaller, right? And so... um you were able to learn a lot more of what you needed to learn to be successful, to push yourself forward. Now I'm still missing a couple of pieces, but I do echo that same sentiment that I'm called to do this. So I got to keep pressing forward. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, and I think that like, it's important, uh, especially like, I feel like we live in an age, man, where I was just talking to somebody about this, where I don't know how you were necessarily raised but my parents were very much of the school of um, get go go get it go get get your education get a job stay at that job for X amount of years get benefits get you know get a get a pension you know do do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But my parents never perpetuated in me a an, an ability to say yo take your passion mm-hmm. and turn your passion your creative path whatever that may be turn that. Um, into into monetary gain or turn that into your vocation. Right. That was never given to me. It right. was always go find an already established trade right. or vocation that could then be the, 
the sustainer of, of, of the life that you would like to live. Right. But I don't think we were, I think like this new concept of entrepreneurship can be, uh, is special. It already is special, but it can be an idol. And we could talk about that, but I'm, I'm grateful for a generation, I would say, uh, millennials in particular and beyond who have now taken this concept to say, look, like we're not satisfied with the, with the status quo in which in the way that this should go. Right. If I have a passion, I'm going to find a way to monetize. Right. If I have a passion, I'm going to find a way to pursue it in a way that allows me to sustain a lifestyle. Right. It's something that my parents, my parents, parents, I know that they didn't give them that level of freedom to say, Hey, listen, if you can draw like, like my, like, like my, my pops, in, for instance, like he was an artist to a certain degree. He would sketch these full-blown pictures that could be put somewhere. But he always viewed that as silly in light of him having to provide for a family. Right. But imagine if a Walt Disney viewed that as silly. Right. We wouldn't have the yeah. legacy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I felt like oftentimes uh, the dreams of the youth prior were were stunted. Right. To where... Um, we've missed out. We've missed out on on lawyers, you know, doctors and all that. that that's cool. But we've also missed out on just creatives who can right. provide a space for a generation, right? Uh, simply because they were told to do things a certain way, right? And so, um, bringing that full circle, just talking about like just if you have a passion, especially in today's day and age, especially in a culture that's ripe that wants to see creative uh, pursuits succeed. And right. everybody, everybody has a, a, a way or a formula to do that. Um, it would be a shame um, in a culture such as this for us not to uh, to give it 110 percent. Yeah, which 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 brings me to uh, this podcast. That was the whole reason for this podcast, creating a platform where people that had passions outside of the norm, i.e. working a nine to five, we could come and discuss that journey because that's always infatuated me because my parents, too, did not encourage creativity. Nah. And my father was just like, hey, go to school, get this, 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 and this, get all these degrees, and then, you know, figure out a way to level yourself up so that that way, it, well, he used to say that if if you got, if a white man get one degree, you got to get three degrees, mm-hmm. right? And so um, my mom and my father are not the type that are like, you know what, oh, I see that you can sing, maybe you should write songs and, and try to get paid off of that. They're, they're one of those types, like, listen, you need a job. Your job right. needs to provide you insurance. You need to be able to take care of a family, this and this and that. So I, I totally, totally understand that viewpoint because I think that, um, like you said, nowadays I'm seeing now more that everybody, you know, especially with the rise of podcasts and everybody's doing a podcast now. And I encourage it because, listen, people have different perspectives and without this platform, Nobody gets to hear your perspective on a grand scale. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, your homeboys would hear it, right? But if I had never met you through KB, then I would have never known the Matt Black podcast and and almost shared the same viewpoint that you had with the Breonna Taylor thing, right? Yeah. Um, um, really quickly, rest in peace to her. Um, uh, I want to say, um, I really want to just say rest in peace because like I said in episode 85, I don't know what I was expecting justice would look like. Right. Mm. But I know that, um, no amount of money can, can, can ever bring back a life. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was curious about your viewpoint. How do you feel that that should have come out on the, how do how do you feel that it should have been resolved? Because you said that on one hand you can't blame, um, 
Well, you, you said two things, and uh, listen, I let's talk about it. You know what? Um, I like your podcast for a couple of reasons. You keep things really, really short. You don't veer, you don't veer off on the subject. You you talk about the subject. You said if it's if it's in the culture, it's in the show. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. I know if it's in the culture, it's in the show. So so um, what were, what were you thinking? Because for me, I thought that, and this is this is what what we were talking about a little earlier. This is where you see a whole bunch of the culture band together, right? Um, the um, in light of, in light of the traumatic though, yes, in light of the traumatic though, this is where you see the culture um, come together, right? And it really seemed like after the George Floyd thing, we hear about Elijah McCain, McLean, we hear about Ahmad Arbery, we hear about all of these cases. It seems like when one drops, then it just starts to, and we start to really see what's, what what people been hiding. And so, and so we see um, Breonna Taylor murdered in the house, and and the sentiment across the country is the same. Everybody's like, man, we need justice. We need justice. You see NBA players doing what they got to do. You see more people kneeling in the professional sports, and it's just like, man, um, I'm thinking to myself, well, when the verdict comes, I'm like, well, what was I expecting? Mm. Was I expecting that this was the time that we would really be heard, like li- literally heard, like everybody's wearing T-shirts, um, arrested killers. You know, it's all, it's in everybody's music. People are coming on on IG and they're saying that's the first thing that they're saying. I seen Doc Rivers cry on on ESPN or TNT, and I was like, it made it brought me to tears. I was like, man, it's really tough out here. But when the verdict comes through, I don't know what I was expecting. I think that's a good. I think that's a good segue, right? Because here's the thing. I don't think anybody could voice what they would have liked to have seen from Mm -hmm. that verdict, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody can easily voice their displeasure when it all is said and done. Right. Um, What is wanton endangerment? You know what I mean? What is, you know what I mean? And and I, I do think that no, I don't think justice was. I don't think justice prevailed. Right. Um, in that case of Breonna Taylor, I think we have to be abundantly clear about that. Right. 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 Facts. But I also, uh, I also struggle with, and not just with Breonna Taylor. I'm going to come back to that. But I also struggle with, in, struggle with in general, that though, you know, black people are not a monolith. There doesn't seem to be. Hold on, fam. What does that word mean? Because you know, what does that word a monolith mean? Oh, got you, got you. Monolith uh, um, uh, one of one thought. Of okay, one, okay, okay. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got you. So, got you. so, so, though that's not the case, um, and and we we accept that we we say we say that and we share that all the time. There doesn't seem to be um, an action plan for what is voiced in the culture versus. What, like, the, the actual plan that you would like to see formulated to get those things accomplished. Mm. So it can be like, um, um, we, we hear a lot, especially in today's culture, right, bro? Um, November 3rd, here it comes. Mm. It's time to vote. Okay. Black people, go vote, go vote, go vote. And that's mm. cool. I'm cool with that, bro. I'm right. cool with that. Right. But the problem is, on the flip side, you're also told, especially before any of these presidential debates and things of that nature, um, us as black people need to 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 get the black agenda black agenda across. Okay, but can anybody articulate to me what the black agenda is, mm. especially in light of the fact 
that like we spoke, like we just said, black people from from across the board would agree with the statement that they're not a monolith. We don't think alike. We are not of one thought. Right. So what what exactly is the black agenda? And if we all want different things, then what do we what are we necessarily banding together to do? Or where are we going? Right. For for lack of vision is how the people perish. Right. 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 And the vision can't be twelve fold. Right. There has to be this understanding of no, we we as a people want this and be able to put that on the line. Right. Otherwise, you have a bunch of voices of a bunch of people screaming screaming with no action plan and everybody wears T shirts and raises their fists and posts on social media right. and gets active and no one does anything. Uh, the the president gets gets elected. No one does their um their work on a, on a on a on a on a community local level. Right. And the very things that we hate to see um, are perpetuated for another four to eight years. Right. Right. So when I think about the Breonna Taylor thing, it's like I think justice would have been definitely too for all the police officers to to be arrested. I right. do. Um, and to be charged with murder. Right. Um, at the same time, I know there's some there's some Legality there, so to speak, um, as to what they were allowed to do, um, you know, were, were they within their rights, etc. I know there's some there's some loopholes within the justice system, but I do think that at the end of the day, um, no one should lose their life, lose their life, and a, and a final judgment be made on their life, and and the person that has taken that taken that person's life, or, or the people that have taken that person's life, don't necessarily get. Um, reprimanded. Any, 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 yeah, yeah. They don't get reprimanded for for doing so. Right. I don't think that is justice at all. So at the very least, um, arrests should have been made. Charges should have been uh, should have been established, and there, there never should be a group of officers who walk away scot free um, for essentially taking a young lady's life. I think at the very least, even if we can't, um, as a people or 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 in a singular nature, um, articulate what we have, what we would have wanted, what we what we least know is that. The way that it went down can't possibly be acceptable to us. And so um, at the end of the day, though, I'll close and say that I just think that we need to start thinking beyond outrage, anger, and emotion, which is right to have. Um, But that needs to be curved and and almost narrowed to also the understanding of what exactly is the action plan for us and what do we want to see um, perpetuated in society and in culture um, because we can't just become clanging symbols who are making a bunch of noise, um, but have no purpose. I want to um, piggyback on on speaking in one voice. It used to be a time during the um, civil rights movement that there were individuals who had the consensus of the masses, i.e. Malcolm X, i.e. Martin Luther King, yeah. uh, Medgar Evers. Um, in examining the culture right now, do you see anybody of that cloth, of that ilk that 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 we as a people look to to be able to speak intelligently for us as a culture. Because, I, I mean, after when George Floyd died and Stephen Jackson um, stepped forward and was just like, hey, I'm not going to let my brother die and then and then or let his legacy not be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And then we see uh, Tamika step in. I'm thinking is she the one that's going to be the new voice for the people? Right. And then when I hear Beyonce talk about her and um, I'm going back to the South, I'm going back, 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 back. Well, Black Parade. Yeah, Black Parade, yep. Right, and I hear her 
say that there, I'm like, okay, well, well, if one of the biggest pop icons in the world knows who she is, is she the one that we're looking to to be able to be that one voice that we need to speak for us as a whole? Nah, I don't think so. Um, I don't think we have a voice. I, I will say this, though. I think that there is... So, I have to take personal feelings and, and even personal viewpoints out of this, right? I just If I'm just answering the question, I think there's only one person that I think has has wanted that... Maybe not wanted that mantle, but is, has been given that mantle, and rightfully so, and probably should probably should be um, in a space to embrace it at this point. Who is that? Um, and to me, it's Killer Mike. Okay. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Um, whether gotcha. Now, now, I will say this. Killer Mike a fool to me in some, in some spaces. Gotcha. But in others, he's not. And Killer Mike, if, at the very least, one thing I can respect is an action plan. One thing I can respect is somebody who can say, no, I can I can actually articulate what we need. I can actually articulate why we're why this has happened. I am I am well read. I am a a a historian um, who, who is to be respected because I've done my research. Mm-hmm. I can respect anybody who's put in the groundwork. And Killer Mike is brilliant. Um, now, whether or not you agree with where he where he's going in, the, in his viewpoints and, and things of that nature is a whole different discussion. Right. But if there is anybody who at least uh, should be at the forefront of the table and having conversations. Um, and we can say this person is is one that can at least get us to the table um, in that regard, then I think it's him. You know what I'm saying? Um, he, I just don't think he wants the mantle. And I think he's frustrated with the way uh, things have have gone um, politically um, and, even just, and even just where African-Americans stand as a whole in this country. Um, I just think he's frustrated and I think he's over. So even when things, ha- even when, when George Floyd happened, and he, you know he spoke on behalf of Atlanta, he he almost views that as a Wakanda in, in its own right, and you know he went through that whole spiel. It, 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 I got the sentiment of someone who felt like, yo, I don't even want to be here, but I know that I have to, um, and that's not the sentiment we got from from MLK, from uh, from Malcolm X. Those people, you know, were, those are our leaders who, who who took that mantle willingly. It almost was destiny for mm. MLK to say, "No, I'm going to lead the people in this way." Right. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I think that I think that if I'm being honest, um, I think there's a much deeper point to speak about, and I think it's the fact that, unfortunately, um, we are people who have always wanted a king, um, and the king and a king is not going to be found in a human. A king, in my opinion, is going to be found. In, in having a, a basis in a relationship with God. Mm. I think we've been looking to men continually in our culture for I don't know how long, and it's always failed us in every regard. It may, it may bring about marginal change. It may bring about um, some things to come to fruition. Obviously, the work of our forefathers is, is one that, that allows us to sit down freely in this room and have a conversation. So I'm not acting like change doesn't occur. But I think that we place our faith and people that look like us um, with resources that look much like ours and expect there to be this um, change not only of our circumstances but of men's hearts. And I think the only, peop- only, the only person that can do that, uh, that, can, that can change a man's heart and that can change uh, a man's ideas and his framework and the way that he thinks, acts, and behaves is God. And so um, we refuse to kind of give 
God that power or, 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 or our faith. Um, and so he says, okay, I'm going to leave you to your devices. Go ahead and put it, put your faith in Stephen Jackson. Put your faith in Joe Biden. Put your faith in the Democratic Party. And you will, you will be left um, unfulfilled and, and, and frustrated every single time. And I'll, and I'll allow that to continue until you realize that everything that you are struggling with um, actually resides in me. I can, I'm the one that can take care of it, but y'all don't want that. So then I think that's really where it's at, truthfully. Mm. You know, I got the sense from um, listening to the podcast that um, that, was, that, was, that was the flavor. That was your flavor. When did you get your call? Man, uh, 17, bro. Mm. 17, um, on my way, which I thought was going to be uh, FAMU. Um, right. Lord A&M. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was, yeah. you know, the, the ladies outnumbered the men. Yeah. Like a similar <laughs> amount. You know what I mean? I thought I was going to slide in there and, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. Uh, God had other plans, man. I was... Um, Going to this little church, man. Shout out to uh, Crossover Church in in Tampa, um, Tampa, Florida. Uh, they had like a little youth group popping, but before then, you can go hoop. So you know, we was trying to hoop, yeah, and stuff like that. And they were like, "Yo, if y'all really want to play basketball, um, all you got to do is come sit in this little service real quick for about 30, 45 minutes. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you can come out and play pretty much play ball all night. We was like, "Oh, bet." I'm about to go do this. You know what I mean? So me and a group of dudes would come. And I'll never forget, man, I was sitting there, and um, this dude named Pastor Derek, he got right. up there and he was like, yo, like, I'm, I'm Pastor Derek. I'm from New York originally. This is where I'm at, blah, blah, blah. He was like, I'm not going to come here to bore y'all and try to give y'all some, some week behind lecture. Let me just let y'all know what it is. Some of y'all never heard this before. I know you think you straight, but hear it from me. The Bible says you and God got beef. And he's not straight with the way that you live because every man who's been born lives apart from him. He Mm. wants a relationship with you. Only way to do that, repent, which means turn. Turn from your sins, trust in God. If you're not on that, don't expect heaven at the end of your road. That junk took 15, 20 minutes. He was very blunt. He told us where we was at. He said, yo, it ain't got to be... What, what churches have made it. I know people hate religion in the room. I'm not even trying to push that. What I'm saying is you need a relationship with God. That's as simple as going in your room, saying, yo, Lord, I didn't realize me and you were in this space. I'm trying to get right. Get me together. Save me. Mm-hmm. Help me to turn from my sin. Mm-hmm. Move on. Point blank. He was like, it, you ain't got to come up to no altar. Like, let's not make this what, what American culture has made this. You and God need a relationship, period. Go, go seek him. You don't have to do that here. You don't have to do, let's not make a production. That's where it's at. That was the first time I had ever heard anything like that in my life. I was unchurched. Only time I went to church as a young dude was for a funeral or for a wedding. Only time I was ever in church. So to hear that, and then to hear like, yo, me and God got beef. Because, like, da, 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 da. like, it was the first time I had ever heard that. And so I began to explore that further, get around some dudes, um, who were serious about the faith as well at, at the same age, 18, 19, 20. Um, and that's really where the journey began for me, bro, where I was like, yo, like, like not only is this God thing is real, like, I can't, I can't hear that and be the same ever again. Mm. You know what I mean? And so that was the journey for me, G. I'm going to be honest, man. My, my father told me um, 
When my little man passed, my father told me, he said, don't question God. Then my father went on to say, because my father's from Nigeria, and my father said that it's not custom that uh, that uh, a man buries his son. It's supposed to be the other way around. Mm. So my father told me, he was like, yo, JR, whatever you do, you cannot put the dirt on his casket. I said, <laughs> I said, yo, dad, I, um, I was thinking this because over the time period, I mean, me and my dad, it used to be rough. Mm. Um, and when I would say rough, I think that the cultural divide that we had kind of just, you know, it was like my father wants me to be like this, but I'm raised like this. You know, my father wants me to be this huge Ebo man, but you know, I'm 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 John from Fondren and West Airport. I'm mm. I'm I'm from Houston. I don't I don't need to that's not me. I'm on I'm an American. Yeah. So when my father said to me, Yo, you know what? You cannot put the dirt on my on your son. You can't do it. I said to I'm thinking to myself, Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's like X said in, in Belly, I hear you talking. <laughs> and so um you know god is good i my, my large brothers were there so they helped me do that but uh, you know they were putting the, you know, dropping my man down and i'm just like listen this is the last time that i get to you know um be with him and however he go i'm gonna go i'm I'm gonna give him whatever i feel like is necessary for him to when, he, when he's already gone but Whatever I feel is going to keep me sane, I'm going to give it to him. Man, my dad said, you can't question God. And I, I remember saying to myself, I was like, man, my my dad would say, you can't question God. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And then in the lonely the lonely parts of the nights, when you know, when me and my wife were going through that storm, I was just like, man, why why us? Mm. Why why us? And at that point, I, I was saying that to myself at the at the graveside I was saying why us and um I grabbed a shovel and I remember my dad was hawking me he was he was watching me and he he called he was like John and my wife was like JR and 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 my hands start to shake and uh my 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 brother came my large brother came and he grabbed the shovel and he started doing it and I had to step back because at that point in time I was like man I was I was thinking man f that and and, and, you know, I don't care what he say, you know, you can't tell me what to do. And I was like, you know, but I, for me, I, I just be thinking sometimes do people like, you know, what does God feel like or what does it feel like to be in a room with God? Because sometimes I, you know, I've found that I have been in church a lot more than I ever have in my life. And a lot of it, I think, was for selfish reasons so I can learn cameras and so I could um, understand the magnitude of production. Yeah. Right. And then, and then I start to say to myself, well, if this is all I have to give to the Lord, you know, outside, you know, I would tithe. And then sometimes I, my wife is like, yo, don't give if, if it, if it, if you know, if it's, if it's bothering you to do that, if that amount is too much for you, don't give. So I'd be like, listen, if, if I'm in, if I'm not in my right mind and I can't give right now, what I'll do is I'll just serve. I'll serve, I'll serve, I'll serve. And, um, yeah, but I, I can't help but think sometimes I just be like, yo, I ain't never really just heard the Lord's voice mm. come to me. Mm. 
I'm just going to be flat out. I'm going to yeah. be flat out honest, like, you That's know, because I hear a lot of people say, yo, I'm purpose to do this. Uh, this is this is what I'm called to do. And for me, I always be thinking to myself, I'm like, listen, you ain't never really known what you were good at because you were always following. Like people, people go to the club. Back in the day, we used to go to the club and I'm a Nas head. I'm a backpack rapper. That's uh, that you know. If I could rap, I was a poet. I'm a poet, so if I could rap, yeah. it would be about the consciousness, like yeah. the black black people, black skin, mm-hmm. Africa. Those type of things is what I would rap about. So yeah. when I go to the club, I'm just going to the club because my man and them are going to the club. I'm not going to the club because I know they're gonna pop that new Nas record in there. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm going to the club because that's what the thing. That's the thing to do. Especially not here. I think I seen the I heard a Nas record back in the day and it was late. It was late. It wasn't even peak hours. So um yeah, I was just like, man, uh I, I don't know what that I don't know what that's like. And I think a lot of people roll around like that. Yeah, I think that's good, bro. So let me say let me say this. Let me speak to that real quick. I think um I think what's cool about my journey, bro, is that uh is that I'm not a dude. That comes from church. Right. I was doing dirt before before ever like being immersed in any type of Christian culture or, you know, you know, Church of God, this Baptist, that none, none of that, right? So like to be honest with you, like, even on this journey, I'm still learning what what a lot of that means as it pertains to like, oh, this denomination believes this, or this church does it this way because of this, or this is attached to this. Like, I, I'm, I'm not from any of that, nor am I from the school where um, the religious practices looked a certain way because this is this is what Christianity should look like. Listen, when I was introduced, it, like I told you, it was, it was very much like, yo, like, it's a relationship with God. Yes, no one can get around the fact that Christianity is a religion. I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, it's not a religion, it's a religion. First of all, I hate that. It, it, it absolutely, I mean, it is a religion. However, we, regardless of the religion, like the God of the universe wants a relationship with his creation. Um, and you talked about, you talked about how, how difficult it was, you know what I'm saying, to bury your son. Um, which I could, I could never even fathom that, mm. right? Um, but the crazy thing about it is that is literally the central theme of, of the story uh, of God's of God's love towards mankind that actually made me um, embrace it, right? So you have this idea where the story goes: Adam and Eve, the first people that were born, um, God they were they were created from the dust. Everything is perfect. Um, he says, "Listen, um, you can eat you can eat of all the trees in the garden, but but this one." Um, they disobey him. Figure out um, that they were naked. He finds them. And pretty much tells him, yo, because of this, in your offspring, meaning all creation, um, will be apart from you, will, will surely die. And so you you hear that and you're like, yo, that's wild. But the crazy part about it is when I was told the story, it's like, um, but this is how much God loves his creation. Though he, though he can't go against himself, um, in the sense that death is... Uh, a certainty because of because of the sin committed, he still wanted a relationship with 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 his creation so much that he, um, in place of of man who should be taking the, the penalty for eternity, 
he then sends his son to earth, live the perfect death. That, I mean, live the perfect life that we can live, never live and, and die the perfect death that we can never die. And so God knows what it feels like to bury his son mm. for, for bury his son who was innocent for people who were guilty. Right. Bible says this real cool, dope, this dope, this dope quote that I, um, that I don't think most people like really take into account for real. He said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like, it's easy, it's easy for um, a good man to take his life for another good man. But it's, 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 it's unfathomable to, for, for a good man to take his life for a bad one, right? Like, you, you would feel better about sacrificing for someone um, who you viewed as just and upright. But you couldn't understand why you would have to sacrifice for someone who you felt like their just due would be getting the worst punishment. Right. And God says, yo, like, I want a relationship with you so much that, like, I'll send my son who's perfect. And, I, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll allow him to die for sin that's not even his. Right. Because I love y'all that much. And so to think about you as a father, to think about that moment of having to bury your son. And imagine that the death of your son meant the life of a whole bunch of undeserving people. And so you have a choice to say, no, my son can live a full life or my son can be sacrificed for a group of people that may not appreciate it anyway. Like the depths of that for you, literally living through it, might have a different level of implication because for you, you can think to yourself like, yo, like, what type of love would that be for a people group who may not appreciate this sacrifice? I gave my son, or I'm allowing my son to die for these people, and these people may not appreciate it. And so when we think about us, we are the unappreciated, the unappreciated or, the, or, or the people who, who lack appreciation, I should say, for God sending his son to die, a death that he did not deserve for our behalf, and yet we we still question whether or not it is worth it to give our lives to him still. And he's like, so I buried my, I buried my son to prove my love for you. Like how much more, how, like how much more should, should I, do I need to do in order to get a conversation with you in order to mm. get a relationship with you? Right. Mm. I think that should take on a different level of depth. You know what I mean? Because it's like most of us wouldn't give our children for anybody. Right. If we're honest, mm -hmm. if we get real deep, right? Some of us would, unfortunately, some of us wouldn't give our children for our spouses, right? Right? That's right. that's how deep it goes. So for him to give his child, his son, for a world that may not show any gratitude in return, that's right. deep. And right. yet he still extends his hand. I think that's the way that uh, that it should be communicated. I think that's the way that 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 would allow more conversation when we think about this relationship with God, like. Like, God has sacrificed something he never had to and made something possible and available through his only begotten son, bro. Mm. And so for him to do that and there not be at least a conversation, it's something to think about. What song's on your mind? What song is on my mind? Yeah. Mm. Man. What have I, what have I, what am I on right now? good question let me go go ahead what you thinking man um 
for all the wrong reasons, I, I downloaded a Trey album and it's just fire. Trey Song's album is just fire. Man. Oh, that back home joint? Yes. He had a record on there. I think it's uh I think it's um well I I, me and my sister, okay, so a couple of things. Me and my sister were riding in the car. We came from our cousin's crib yesterday, and my sister had on that Alicia Keys lesson learned. That's one song that's on my mind right now. Okay. On a new Trey album, the new Trey album, he got this record, and it it's it's this it's 2020 Riots, How Many Times is the name of that record. 2020 Riots, How Many Times. And it's just, it's a you know, we know Trey songs as Mr. Steal your girl, Mr. Sex Symbol, pause, right. you know, all of that. That's who we know Trey as. Right, right, right. But when he comes on this record and he's really like, you know, he because he recently got, he got COVID. He recently got COVID. And it was said that he was out in the trenches working, helping, and, and you know, marching. So, um, so it almost shows, it almost, the song is like, yo, I've been out here. And how many times do our mothers have to cry for, what we've been saying all along, this black unity, we're trying to be better and, and you keep holding us down. I think that record was just hard and lesson learned by Alicia Keys. But if I have to pick from this conversation, I'm going to go Israel Hutton moving forward. And when I heard that record in church one time, the way that it was blended in, it just, it really brought tears to my eyes. That record is hard. That, uh, that record is hard. Yeah. Especially when it goes into the bridge of that record. When he just, you know, yeah, those those three records for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think um, Jordan Lucas has a record. Uh, first of all, Jordan Lucas is one of my favorite okay rappers. Okay, uh, I don't know if you want Jordan Lucas. Yeah, I, I heard he. Yeah, he does. He does really good. Uh, he makes really good videos. That one he did with Will, and I was listening to his album, the ADHD album. Right, that's that's his mm -hmm. recent project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to yeah. that. Jonah Lucas has a record. The name escapes me right now, but it's the it's the record where essentially he's talking to God. Um, in the video, it's him in the church, mm. and he's asking God all of these questions. Um, and essentially, the end of the, the end of the video, he he says, "Yo, like I realize that like I'm human, and so even my thoughts, even my logic, um, is limited. And so if you're doing something with infinite knowledge." Then, then that means that I'm I'm put into put into a position to where I have to trust, maybe something that's completely out of my wheelhouse. Right. Um, that that genre that genre record definitely comes comes to mind. Um, really heavy right now. I wish I wish I could think of think of the uh, think of the joint, but that that record that record for me uh, is absolutely crazy. Let me, Let me see if we can if I can um find it on here. Joiner Lucas. Right here, eighty. It's off of ADHD. Uh, let me see. Hold on. It's not devil's work, is it? I can't believe it's no, devil's work. It, it is, is devil's, devil's work. work. Yep, devil's work. Devil's work. Yes, he asks a bunch of. He has a whole bunch of questions that are that are valid. Right. Valid. Right. It was you know from when I was listening to the album, it wasn't a bad album at all. Oh nah, nah. I think it's it's funny, man. Like, I think I think oftentimes. Lyrical rappers kind of get the stigma of not being able to create mm. uh, a body of work mm -hmm. um, or curate like truly good music. Right, um, and that's a whole nother. That's that's <laughs> conversation. Um, but I was talking to somebody uh, about uh, J Cole. 
right? And my, right. my feelings on him. Right. Uh, obviously, uh, when you talk to most people who listen to rap, uh, they put three dudes at the top of our of our genre right now. Right. Drake. It's, it's Drake. Kayla Morn and Kayla Cole. Kayla Morn and Cole. Right. Um, and I said, man, as much as I love Cole, and I do think that, uh, what's the album? Uh, 2014. Yeah. Forest Hills Drive was an absolute instant classic. Right. I said, the thing that I struggle with with Cole is the fact that though he's as talented as he is, he refuses to make music in community. Right. Um, and I think some of the best music is made or some of the best uh, creative projects are made in community. You have to allow, uh, even, if, even if you're someone who does, who's a jack of all trades and you can do everything, you have to allow people in on the process to tell you maybe certain how certain things that you do well can even can be done even better. And I think that Cole is someone who, because he sticks to a certain level of production, um, you know, he likes to have hands on in all things. He doesn't work. He doesn't always work well with others right. in in the creation of the work. And I think I say all that to say that I think many rappers who are in that Cole school. Uh, Oftentimes, are pigeonholed into that being the thought of them as artists. Uh, they they can rap, but I'm sure the music don't don't slap right. universally. Right. And I think Joiner is somebody who I hope to see him continue to th- continue to thrive because I feel like he actually makes the type of music that could be appreciated by more than just the dudes who like lyrics. Right. Even though I'm a dude who likes lyrics, right? Um, I think that. Um, I think that even even a dude who's who's used to listening to a certain type of rapper, uh, if given if if they give Joyner a chance, can appreciate what Joyner does too. Right. Personally. Okay, you made me want to listen to him a little deeper than I have before. I'm gonna definitely check him out on a deeper level. Um, the Matt Back the Matt Black podcast. Um, if you had to describe it in one word, what would you say that that one word is for the Matt Black podcast? What what would what would entice somebody to listen? Impactful. Okay. Um, because we we're taking a look at culture, um, from a redeemed lens. I'm, I'm, we're not just talking about current events or topics without going into the depths of how that looks on a, from a very practical level. You know, everybody gets on everybody gets on podcasts or or has conversations and just kind of really shares their opinion. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I don't find I don't find supreme impact in opinion. Right. I think opinion opinion is cool, but we want to let's like let's go in into the depths of whatever we're talking about and let's dig out the facts that that not only are just uh, headspace to learn, but uh, the facts that can 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 be effectually applied. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I think the Matt Black podcast takes takes issues of the culture and says, how can we get people to to see this on on a level that genuinely affects them in a day-to-day basis? Um, or even inform them in ways they're affected that they may not even know. You know what I mean? Um, it's one thing to be on social media and see certain posts, or it's one thing to, to be immersed in a story, but like like how does how does the It's my wife. Hold on. See what she says. My love. Uh, you still doing your podcast? Yes, I am. I'm on right now. You at somebody else this late? No, I'm 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 at uh my man's apartment complex. <laughs> You're on the podcast right now. Don't say nothing that you don't want heard. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, I'm just saying. It's kind of late, but all right. All right, I'll be there in a few. Bye. All right. Save that. <laughs> Go on. What were you saying? No, but I just think I just think at the end of the day, we cause we 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 open up uh, people's perspective that allows them to be impacted in a way that goes beyond just what they see, whether they're scrolling on screens or or, or even reading the story. Um, is how did that how does that story get into the into the fabric of your, of your own life? Right. You know what I'm saying and so. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Fam, hold on, right quick. Let me call this guy right quick. <laughs> You never believe who I'm finna call. <laughs> Let's see if he answers. Coach, what's the deal, bro? Fam, what's going on? We uh we on the podcast. Me and Kenny on the podcast right now. I just I just want to call you, see what's up. Wait, say it again. I can hear you. Say it again, bro. We on the podcast right now. I just want to call you and see what was up. Oh no, I'm good. What, what happened? <laughs> no, nah, it's me and Kenny on the podcast right now. We we chopping it up. This episode dropped tomorrow. Oh, oh, boy, you scared me, boy. What's going on? Hey. Oh, what's the deal? What's the deal? But I'm already laying there. What we think I going? Hey, boy, I thought to, I thought to call you early on in the show, but I was like, nah, it's got to be the right moment. And my phone rang. My wife called me, so I was like, let me call this guy up and see what he doing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't doing that, bro, bro, bro. Work kicked my mind today. I'm over there. Yeah. This man, this man this been shit. napping since 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 5 o'clock, dog. Ken, look, Ken, look, bro. Hey, I got home by 4.30. I was asleep by 4.45. <laughs> and then woke, woke, up at se- woke up at 7.30. I'm back in the bed because Dominique took a delicious meal. Oh, I'm man. done. Was, hey, hey, is it pork <laughs> chop night? <laughs> No, 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 no. Tonight was baked chicken. Oh. <laughs> hey, 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 bro. I you, I, I you can stick a fork in me. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm right, done, fam. y'all. We were just calling you no. to say what up, man. All right, that's it. All right, y'all. All right, bro. That's a bet. All right, bet. Oh, man. Um, so, man, today is um October the 12th. 2020 and we have 80 days left in the 2020 year what do you hope to attain in terms of the podcast and just personal um aspirations in the in the remaining 80 days of the year yeah man uh i'm probably gonna be actually reaching out to you low-key i want to um i want to shoot a special right uh, one of them hbo type joints no doubt um same one that like you know lebron how did lebron does the shop yeah yeah i want to have a a group discussion about a about an array of things, right? right? And I'm actually trying to. Um, I'm not even gonna say where I'm trying to get it done at, right? Or, or exactly what I'm trying to do, but um, trying to do an audio and visual discussion that will hopefully be released before the end of the year. No doubt. Um, people can appreciate kind of what you know, the things that we talk about, even whether that be on or off camera, right? Um, you get a realistic perspective. So what's next for me, man, is trying to get that content out, shoot it, get a day where everybody can kind of gather together, man, and we can. Um, we can we can break the world a little bit. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Okay, we'll just go there then. Uh, most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? You answered that, but I just I just figured you know it was a segue to that, man. Yeah, before man. we, yeah. what's next for you, man? What's next is a is a new season, man. A new season of Matt Black Podcast. Y'all go uh y'all go mess with me, man. Like I definitely want to engage with with people and. Talk about the culture, man. My my heart is for, uh, my heart is for a generation of people to to be informed, and to think about things critically. 
Right. I think oftentimes we're fed opinions um, and we're and we're told how to think. And, and sometimes we make the mistake of taking that very thing and running with it and it becoming uh, something that we identify with. And what I want people to do is open up their perspective, their minds, um, and, and listen to the content and, and engagement and start thinking about culture from a from a different level. Right. Um, you know, and I'm gonna definitely bring it to you from Redeem Lens. So I, I you know, I just want people to uh to, to tap in and lock in and um new season of Matt Black coming soon. Right. You know, um my man, I think my man moved back to Dallas, man, and I think that the next time he comes on it would be a great opportunity for us to sit and have a conversation from different perspectives. Yeah, let's do it. And um if he if when he's in town again, just stay open. I'm gonna hit you and be like, "Yo, Ken, I need you to come, and we'll, uh, let's have this discussion." Let's do it. I might get a couple more cameras so that we can get some cin- cinematic feel yeah. towards it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, what I like to do on the podcast is I like to give a token of my um, company to every creative that comes on, man. And this is an exclusive Black SVI T-shirt oh, that I give to every creative that comes on the podcast. I don't sell that T-shirt, Houston, Texas. It's it's strictly for the creatives that come on the What's Next podcast. And the 2020 new version or edition is the uh, What's Next podcast T-shirt that I give to every creative, man. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Um, listen, uh, Houston, Texas. Um, listen, uh, this man right here, his podcast is phenomenal. Um and I take from this conversation that I got some catching up to do. They have really <laughs> intellectual conversations, and I love his perspective. Uh, I do what I do for myself to prove that I could do it for others. Make sure you catch this podcast, and I'll be sharing the episodes every time I get done with them. Houston, Texas, peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95. <laughs> Get you more wet. Now that's these Bumanti. My crystal ball, I see crystal. I crystal y'all with that. I saw the sign like A space. That A suspect it cracked me like cheers to the money guy. The Willie nigga. Who buy them bottles? And then they spill these liquors. Yo, yo, salute my dude. I see you, dog. Five bottles, one dick. Why I need some rubs? I know I'm out of line. But love is shower time. You know it rose a rain. This a private party Been on my dick too long Your breath on private party These walls on priceless Audi This the upper crust Fuck us up Over and dose Over Yes we did it again